and welcome to Super Respectable. My name is Toshio Rahman and with me is David Lewis. Hey, Dave. Hey, Tosh. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> we have to tell the listeners, I, we forgot to record the last minute, so we're reacting the first minute of the, of the original podcast. Uh, and, you know, last week we had the podcast about podcasting. So uh, number one rule is make sure to hit record, folks. But we're, the, the good thing is uh, Tosh realized this very early on. So it's not like we had an interview where we brought someone on oh and we had to like redo the whole interview because I've heard those horror stories before. Where is it that I heard always be recording, always be always be something like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I think in the media world, you're always supposed to be on, right? You're always supposed to be yeah. like, um, but I was going to say congratulations to Dave. It is 52 episodes, one year today. Yeah, thank you. And um, congratulations to you thank too. You. I think we've, we've done a remarkable job at uh, being consistent throughout this whole uh, pandemic and podcasting life that we've had. So uh, that's a well-deserved pat on the back. Yeah, thank you to the listeners. Um, thank you to the production team. Thank you to Dave. Uh, when we say production team, we just mean Dave and I. There's really nobody else. But, there's there's uh, no one else. Please help. Thanks to family and friends, our, our, our partners, our spouses for their support, uh, our family uh, for their support as well, and friends for coming on. So yeah, I'm excited. 52. Wow. 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 Uh, Here's to the next 52. There you go. I think, uh, I think that'll probably take a decade to get to the next 52. <laughs> take it step by step. And how's life in, in your neck of the stick, <laughs> your neck of the woods? Uh, well, the stick of the neck uh, is all right. It's uh, pretty intense times with uh, MBA and work. Um, I have a finance exam tomorrow, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for that. In, in um, or online? It's online. Um, and I've done a lot of practice. So if you spoke to me this time last week and said, are you ready? I would have just laughed or cried. Yeah. Um, but what I find amazing, I think I've mentioned this many times, is YouTube. Like anytime I'm stuck with something, I just go, I don't know what this is. Or yeah. for like an Excel spreadsheet or something. Yeah. And uh, there's someone there to help me out. So I've really, like that. Khan Academy, all these types of things, they're, they're, they're great. So my Excel skills have uh, increased dramatically in the last uh, is it one of those things that like after you finish this exam, this module's done, you never have to come back to it? Or is this like, it, it, it'll be fun again? <laughs> well, I kind of think it, the, the way it's structured, uh, at least in our program, is building blocks. So last term we did accounting. Yeah. And they, they take for granted that you know all the, the key terms within accounting to, you know, handle finance. Um, and um, that'll leave you pretty exposed if you like, don't get that foundation um, down, yeah. I guess, for the next few courses. Or I'll just choose a bunch of elect electives that have no connection whatsoever to, to finance or accounting. That's what I did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now in my uh, MBA, it's like, uh, I don't even know, I don't really pay attention, but it's about like branding. It's about branding. And so we're looking at like companies and brands. So, but I, I finished the finance portion and I, I'm with you, man. It's horrible for me. So good for you. I hope you get out of it more. But, I mean, I think. Uh, maybe I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for you. I think the reason I'm doing this MBA is to actually improve that side of my brain because I don't have a track record of quantitative um, uh, studies. So I'm very happy that I'm going through this uh, struggle right now because it means I'm learning. I'm not coasting through like some other classes. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the struggle is hopefully worth it somehow. Good for you. That's always good, good for me. Yeah. And how's things uh, on your end of the stick? Uh, it's good. It's uh, my end of the stick. How's your stick doing? <laughs> my, uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, everything's okay. Um, it's fall here in Canada, which is a really beautiful time. Uh, most of our focus is on my little boy, who's, uh, who's almost four months old. He's really changing and every day is exciting. Uh, we're moving into our new house soon. And, uh, family's good everyone's healthy wow. yeah life life goes on as they say so cannot complain wonderful I'm so super, glad to hear I'm super excited because on Friday I'm going to go watch Dune with my sister in the cinema <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, so bad I started reading in August and I'm not even 50 percent way through the book but uh, how's the book so far it's really good it's actually a really good book I just uh, 
and it's a super easy read. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law was reading it and he finished this thing in like, I don't know, seven days or eight days. So I'm like crazy. He read like 200 pages in a day. And I just like maximum I can do is like 10 pages a day before I have something. <laughs> to something. I just, the timing, man, but I will finish it hopefully. But uh, yeah, that's really exciting. And have you been, oh, you went to the, you, well, you saw an Italian movie in the cinema a few months back, right? I did. And I saw Bond, the new Bond movie a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry. It was, I saw it. So... it was okay. I didn't, I, first I want to go see it with my, I know we don't do movie reviews on this, but just as a, as a, as a side point. So I had not go to, gone to the cinema pretty much for a year and a half. And then about a month back, we went to go see the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And then, and then, uh, and then we went to go see Bond and Bond was like, I think you and I had talked about it. It was ready like last year, but they just couldn't release it because of COVID until now. I felt that movie was like all over the place. I really did not understand what was happening. I felt the story was very kind of like that. And then at the end, spoiler alert, Bond dies. But like, what does that mean about like rebooting the franchise again? Like you just start up and he comes back from the dead or like, what's the deal? But uh, I did yeah, not- I, that's not great for the franchise to, you know, kill off your, your main person. So um, I'm very curious to see how they uh, move forward from this or they'll have like prequels, uh, you know, Young Bond or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't they do that with indiana jones like young indiana jones yeah on tv there was like a show like young indiana jones i don't know i just but, felt like th- that movie yeah. that it was like two and a half hours and i know there's a lot of like travel to this place and that place and action scenes and blowing stuff up but i kind of felt like like what exactly is the story and is the bad who exactly is the bad guy i felt like i didn't really know him and stuff but whatever it's a movie but i have heard great things about dune so i've heard it's really good I've heard it's visually stunning. It's already online, which I don't condone watching, but we're waiting for the cinema because like there's an experience there. And it's weird going to the cinema and during COVID time too, we, there's all these precautions we have to do. We have to like we show our vaccine certificates and then always wear your mask. And then like, there's a distance between you and other people as well. Like there's spaces, which is fine. I like that, but uh, it's, but at least you get to go back. So there you go. I think the only thing we had was they checked the, the vaccination and that was it. Uh, you can sit wherever you want and no masks and uh, masks. enjoy. <laughs> well, it's actually, we're, we're, we're in this dilemma right now. So a friend of mine, he, he started a startup. And so they're having like a gala dinner or something on Friday night. So he invited us. So uh, we thought it'd be nice to get dressed up and go. And like, you know, some, somebody will watch the baby for us. And so like, you have to be double vaccinated to go. Uh, which is fine. Uh, but then like once you're in, is it like you still wear your mask? Do you take your masks off? Does double vaccinated mean you can't get sick? Like all these like things, right? Because I haven't really been in a crowded room in two years almost now. I've always been. And even when I oh, go, wow. yeah, even when I go to cafes or restaurants, we're always like distanced from other people. You're never sitting at the same place. So like, what does that mean? So that'll be interesting to find out if, uh, if, uh, but you know what, at the end of the day, I think like my job is to protect my family. I'll wear a mask in any scenario. I really don't care you know so like anyone else who thinks otherwise screw themselves <laughs> like i don't care because like the problem is when you have an infant like anything you get you can pass on to your infant right so like we got to be super extra careful but you gotta yeah look. from what i understand um and i haven't done a whole lot of reading on this but it, it sounds like adults can pass it down to kids covid yeah. much more than kids can pass it up to adults because i guess you you have a higher viral load than a kid does i have no idea i'm not a doctor but that's my understanding of it. At least from the Dutch perspective, they they like they let kids run rampant because they seem to think that it's less of a threat to the rest of the population. Here, like I think there are Pfizer or Johnson and someone they're talking about booster shots here in Canada about like people who've gotten double mm. vaccine, like trying to kind of get a tertiary one as well. Yeah, in the UK uh, too. In the UK too, yeah. So like, yeah, I'm gonna actually listen. I'm gonna hopefully I can get Marcus back on okay, like a year later and see if he can help us out. But. Uh, but and can I give us an update on what's happening? But stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Absolutely. All right, it's okay. my week. Enjoy life. Thanks so much. It's 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 uh, it's my week, and I actually got this topic last week when we were talking. I don't know uh, something you said. Kind of, uh, I did it. I kind of kind of put it in my brain. But uh, something my wife also mentioned a story. We're also going to emphasize it. But I wanted to talk about artificial intelligence, AI. Ooh. Yeah. I'm artificially intelligent. Are you? Uh, I'm superficially intelligent. So like, <laughs> um, uh, it's a really hot topic now. I think people talk about it left, right, and center. Is it going to take over the world? Are the, are the robots going to learn and like take over mankind? Or is it just something 
kind of in the background. It was more of like a discussion. I did a little bit of research and I found some cool, interesting case studies, but uh, I thought we could talk about it. So, I mean, artificial intelligence. Could what it, is it? Yeah, what is it? Could it improve our lives? Is it really worth it? Um, in the name itself, it's just intelligence demonstrated by machines as opposed to what we call natural intelligence, which is displayed by animals and humans. So what you and I are doing here and the small little intelligence we have, that's natural. Mm. <laughs> my, I'm sure my cats are probably more intelligent than I am, but artificial <laughs> is manufactured intelligence by machines. And uh, um, it's actually interesting. So I did a little bit, of, I'm not a scientist, so let me, please forgive me if I make mistakes. But uh, the way our brains work as humans and animals is that we have neurons in our brains and we have hundreds of uh, over hundred billion neurons. And uh, whenever we wanna do something, speak, move, think, the neurons connect with one another and they kind of get to that end point of letting us do what it is that we wanna do, right? So artificial intelligence is actually based on the human brain. So they're trying to recreate that neurological pathway and uh, uh, hopefully create like a digital system that also connects. The thing about humans though, from what I researched is that we do it so well because our brain is so amazing that we can do multiple things at once, right? We can do two tasks at the same time. We can analyze, there you go. We can analyze, we can, we can, uh, we can judge, we can, uh, we can weigh options. So uh, artificial intelligence is started. It's not 100% there yet, but it can do some really amusing things, um, really interesting things. And uh, um, like, I think what I found a little scary was that I'd known this before, but when I was doing my research, uh, I'd realize that like there's AI in everything now, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is there a difference between machine learning and AI? Because I often hear those terms thrown around. Um, is, it, is machine learning part of AI, like a subdivision? Yeah. I think machine learning and AI, from what I learned, is sort of in the same categories. But I think machine learning and e-learning, they're a little bit lesser. Artificial intelligence is more supposed to be like uh, you kind of give it the tools and it kind of sort of self-regulates itself and does it. Whereas machine learning and e-learning, those are on a lesser degree. They're not as mm. scary, but we could categorize everything in the same field. No, no problem. Um, so some things I found, phones have AI built into them as well. You know, the different apps we use, uh, um, um, you know, a lot of your phones will track kind of some of the stuff that you're doing as well. And it's listening to everything I'm saying. Uh, social media has AI. If you're ever on a scroll and it keeps suggesting things to you, that's artificial intelligence. Um, cars have AI. The new Tesla is going to self-auto drive. And I'll tell you an interesting story about that. Uh, banks have AI as well. You know, a lot of these brokerages and these banks will now kind of uh, suggest what to do with your money based on your uh, usage. Uh, there's AI and security as well. Uh, um, uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, Alexa, right? The one who talks to you, uh, like the Google mm. one or the app, these are AI based as well. So I think the way it's going is that a lot of technology is becoming more AI based. It's more readily available. It's more integrated into things that you might not have thought it is. So I used to, I don't know if you wear a smartwatch. Uh, I used to, I don't really wear one that mine broke. No, but uh, um, those are AI based as well. You know, that nowadays they can like monitor your heart rate. They collect data on you. They suggest things as well. So uh, that's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so uh, I've learned that AI, any good AI has three possible uh, um, reasons for existing, three things that it does. So the first thing it does is something called generalized learning. And what this means is that it learns to adapt to its environment. So um, um, when it's created, it can't always, just like us as humans, we don't sit in our, in our room or our house, well, most of us don't all day long. We do multiple things and different things. Mm -hmm. And if things don't go the way we want, we learn how to adapt. So AI is also should have, a good AI should be able to adapt and learn uh, to its environment. Uh, another thing is that it should reason, uh, meaning uh, it should be able to compare two things together and make a better choice. I think for humans, we, this is naturally built into us, right? We know, for example, if we're going to go to X coffee shop for $10 or this coffee shop for $5, the same product, logically, we go to the $5 one, right? unless you just don't care about money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So AI should also be able to reason as well. And then also um, uh, it should be able to provide solutions. Uh, it sees problems and finds out ways how we can solve those problems. So those were kind of the three areas that an AI system should do, adapt, reason, and solve. 
So let's keep that in mind as we look through some of our case studies, because I don't think it's doing those three things in every area. Um, and just like you were saying, so there's actually within the AI I'm talking about, there's actually two types of uh, AI in there in their field. There's something called weak AI, which is when something just has one task to do, right? So they suggested Alexa being something that's weak AI because uh, so like theoretically it only does one or two things or it's supposed to do only one or two things. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's the key. And, uh, it's, it's supposed to listen to what you tell it to do <laughs> and play the music or tell you the cooking thing. But some people say, you know, it could be recording some of your conversations. It could be gathering your data as well. So it's maybe not weak AI. Ooh. It's very uh, strong. In, in, uh, in opposition of that, it's, uh, it's, there's something called strong AI. And uh, theoretically, publicly, this hasn't been like demonstrated yet. But in theory, it would be like the robots in like fiction movies and books that come to life and learn and take over. That would be what we'd consider like strong AI. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit of a background on AI. I hopefully I did it, did it justice, but, uh, but I don't know about you. It's not something I really like I'm super interested in or follow up on specifically other than this podcast where I gave it. But I have been kind of like hearing the controversies and some of the problems around it. But uh, I do know that it's more common in our society than it was before. Yeah, and I have also a very uh, limited understanding besides what I've just heard, um, except I often hear Elon Musk say that he's terrified of AI and what it can do to society in the, in the long run. Um, I haven't heard his ideas fleshed out in yeah. full detail, so I'm not exactly sure what he's, I think he's more scared of like the RoboCop scenario where yeah. like, I don't know, you start hearing about these things where a lot of innovations come out of the military um, supposedly. And, you know, like the US military plans all these things to keep their troops out of harm's way. Yeah. And they're already doing drones, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's AI in, drone activity somehow totally. some way yeah. and it's only a matter of time until like a troop on the ground is doing the same sort of thing um but do you think that's do you think like that's a good justification for anything always like it's for the military like they always seem to use that excuse for any technological advancement right it's always to make our troops safer or military like why not just stop wars <laughs> instead of like <laughs> having like a robot troop yeah maybe in your uh, perfect dreamland tosh but uh, back here uh, on real uh, life back. we have uh, hard uh, defense issues to deal with but here hold on let's uh let's put our emba hats on for a second don't you okay. think yeah, I know, obviously stopping wars are like very difficult to do. But don't you think that advancement of these technologies and implementation of these technologies from a military point of view would actually kind of keep that wheel spinning? In fact, like deep, uh, further deeply ingrating the military complex? Like if, if you're not going to put money into this thing and then like stop it, if you're going to put more technology and money into it, you're going to keep growing it, aren't you? Because that'd be a horrible investment. Um. Yeah, it, it will keep happening. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna get worse and worse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's because, like, for example, let's say let's let's just whatever ex military. Okay, let's make up a country ex military, and so if they keep investing in AI and technology just to make their their military the strongest and and more uh, secure, then like they're not going to be like, oh, now game over. We we won the one. They're going to be like, listen, we're on top of the world. Like, let's keep going, right? Like, we're not gonna. We already put all this much money and time and energy into it. We're not going to stop now. Well, yeah, I think just like with anything, the innovation aspect, they, they're not going to stop if they um, are on the trail of something interesting for, for their for their military prospects. If it gives them an advantage over another state or non-state actor, then um, they'll take every, any advantage they'll get. So it's in the military's interest to spend quite heavily on R&D. And um, it could help them possibly if they're a smaller state, even, um, you know, thinking of some small state in uh, the Middle East who feels under siege, they invest quite heavily in uh, military R&D to protect themselves. So, yeah, I think, you, yeah, I mean, the military in itself, I have many problems with and why countries do it. But I think there's definitely like unjust, no, there's definitely hidden reasons why certain countries do certain things. And there's a public reason they put up front in your face in front of the newspaper, but behind closed doors, I don't think they're honest actors, but 
that's another story, I guess, right? Like that's another. They they gave us the internet. We should all be very happy. <laughs> Ooh, should be. Um, so here's some interesting <laughs> numbers I found was that uh, um, uh, some scientists think that 2045 is an important year because it's the point of singularity when robots will be smarter than humans. That's, <laughs> that's who came up with that. Who came up with that date? I think there's some. Uh, I, sorry, I don't have the exact names and stuff, but I was watching a documentary and there was like a scientific consensus that 2045 sort of was the the point of uh, where they would meet. Uh, Musk, you're talking about Elon Musk. He. Uh, so what happens at singularity? What happens then? Oh, the robots are smarter than humans. Like at that point, like the technology is there that like robots can 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 think freely. Like robots can be more advanced than a human brain. Uh, mm. if the AI goes there. This is a theory, right? Uh, uh, you were talking about Elon Musk, and uh, uh, Elon Musk thinks that the human mind and body will actually. Yeah, he's afraid of normal AI, like robotic AI, but he thinks there's also going to be a point where the human mind and body will actually be enhanced by AI, perhaps having mm. in our brain as well. Mm, and like the matrix. Like the matrix. Uh, China, uh, 2030 is sort of their uh, objective for being a, a more uh, advanced AI country as well. And in developing technology in AI, 2030 is the ultimate goal for them. So a lot of countries mm. are doing it. And in one of the docs I watched, uh, China and the US are sort of like the main players in this game. <laughs> like they're really like pushing hard. And so, uh, uh, so it's sort of scary that it's happening everywhere. And like one of the things one of the reporters was saying, he was in Silicon Valley and he's like, oh, you see these big buildings here, like the Googles, the Facebooks, you know, the, the whatever, all the other apples, but the real dangers of AI are these small low rise buildings that are hidden kind of like in Silicon <laughs> Valley. So you don't really see them so much. And they're the ones that are doing all these other little works. So, um, so I think like the problems I've, I've noticed is like, what are the potential dangers of AI, right? So, I mean, there's privacy concerns, right? Is our privacy uh, being insured? There's concerns that will these AIs, uh, you know, are they gonna be regulated? Like who's gonna control them and tell them like what, what's okay, what's not okay? Uh, will, I mean, let's go full on non like, like, like fiction. Will these AI systems take over human beings and will we be slaves to these AIs? in a long case <laughs> scenario, sure. So like, it's an interesting field, but I think one of the problems uh, more with AI is that like how it'll operate, because I think you have, we have this feeling that like AI will like turn itself into like its own being and then control itself. And most, a lot of scientists say that AI is actually like in its purest form, it's like whatever we tell it to do, it does that. Like that's what AI is, right? So this idea of having it like kind of like uh, have its own self-awareness and act is a really long-term thing. And I have a couple of interesting case studies that actually prove that. So I, 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 we can talk about each one. So, you know, um, Tesla's uh, are self-driving. I actually did not know this until this week, but hmm. uh, um, uh, they're self-driving. In fact, we were watching the news upstairs and this lady, <laughs> it's, so, it's so stupid. This lady fell asleep in her Tesla and was self-driving and people were really like freaked out locally. And like, so they took film and this lady was like sleeping in the city while her car no. was No. Yeah, it's on the news, I'll show you. And then it broke. It, broke it hit the brakes uh, automatically and then she woke up so um i didn't know that did you know that teslas can self-drive yeah oh but like it's amazing i don't know would you get into a tesla that's self self-driving or would you still be hesitant have you gotten uh i've been in a tesla i haven't been in a self-driving tesla and i would be at this point hesitant yeah okay so so uh, so here's a cool uh, interesting thing um so in 2018 uh, a Tesla that was on autopilot got into an accident with a truck in the city. Uh, the autopilot didn't work properly. And so when they looked into it, they realized that the AI actually got confused and it couldn't distinguish the truck from a stop sign. And so that's why it hit it. And the reason for this was that when the autopilot system, the AI system was put into place at that point in 2018, it was only for highway driving, right? Not city driving. But the lady or the man, I forgot who took the car, they put autopilot into the city. And so usually the way it was, and, and what happened was there was a truck next to it. And because it was always programmed for highway driving and to recognize trucks on highways, it didn't understand what was happening in the city, right? So apparently on a highway, trucks are behind you most of the time because you're going faster than a truck, right? Mm. Because when you drive, like, and it makes sense, when you're on a highway, you're a smaller vehicle. If you see a truck, you usually pass it, right? Yeah. So, the way the AI was built was that it recognized trucks from behind you. 
right? So it never really figured out trucks next to you, um, um, especially and then on a highway, if it was next to you, you'd pass it within a couple seconds. But in the city, because there's a 50 or 55 mile kilometer speed limit, you'd probably be matching the truck. So this car was brought onto the city road, which it shouldn't have been, and it shouldn't have been an autopilot on the city. And it was in a car and it was uh, next to a truck and uh, the AI didn't figure out what it was. So I thought, oh, it must just be a stop sign and it hit into it. So like, that's really scary, right? But it's a failure of the AI's uh, system, right? And uh, it's been improved since then, but it goes to say that not everything can be done by AI, but it's an interesting uh, flaw in the algorithm that I wouldn't have uh, thought it, but it goes to the fact that you pretty much have to teach it everything and then it implements it, right? Like it, it can't, it didn't figure it out itself. And I'll, I'll show you some more problems as well with other case studies, but but uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I remember seeing, a story about like the ethical dilemmas of AI with, with you know self-driving uh, cars, and one of the ones that was interesting for me was like sometimes there could be a pedestrian who steps out in front of sure car suddenly right, and so the car needs to be ready for that scenario. If you're if you're a driver, you quickly jerk out of the way and hopefully into the right thing. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So that needs to be programmed into the car somehow. Yeah. And the decision the car makes, does it go in? Obviously it'll say, don't go into traffic because don't swerve into the truck or whatever. You'll probably die. Yeah. You program to save the driver's life or like, how does it prioritize who to save? Cause if it says veer right, you're probably going to go into maybe a bus stop and, you know, hit a bunch of people. Yeah. Hit a bunch of people. So then who's at fault and all these other issues come up. Right. Well, my cool, my question about self-driving cars is as cool as it is, is it really necessary? Like, can't we drive our own cars? <laughs> like, you know, like, well, uh, I think people are stupid and uh, probably if they get this right, it'll make, it will make driving more effective uh, yeah. because people get drunk behind the car. They fall asleep at the wheel. Um, they do stupid like road rage things and hopefully all those elements will be gone. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice. And there'd be more fuel efficiency, hopefully, if the cars are optimized and how they move and sure. go through traffic. Those are all good things. Yeah, my, my car now, it, um, um, it'll, uh, like, if you don't, in a dangerous scenario, uh, it'll break for you if you don't hit the brakes hard. Like, if you don't get to it uh, in time, it'll self-brake. And I understand the benefit of that. But, and I totally get what you're saying, too. Like, I think fuel efficiency is really important and kind of making things safer. But, like, uh, but, like, this uh like what we see in the movies about like an entire civilization or world where all the cars are self-driving and you can like sit there watch a movie i think that's kind of uh, stupid like i don't think there's like a real need for that but maybe there's ways to integrate positive ais into self-driving cars as well like the, the, but, but why not i mean the if you go on a train in some parts of the world it's uh there's no conductor and you're effectively doing the same thing that's true so, again ethics morals like i guess this is the this is these are the debates with ai I'm here. Let me give you some really interesting other uh, sure. So Amazon came under some scrutiny because they actually created a resume algorithm to go through people applying to their to their um, their company, but they found that the algorithm was like discriminating against women. It was racist. Yeah. Or, or, okay, sexist. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they looked into it, they learned that what had happened was when they were creating the algorithm, they gave it all examples of like resumes and CVs that they had when they were doing it manually. And, uh, and the, the, the algorithm started removing anything with the word women in it. So like, if you went to like a women's college or you were like a women's studies grad or something like that, it used sort of like what it was doing before, what humans are doing, but it, I guess it didn't understand it. And so suddenly it, all these people being discriminated just because of their gender, right? So like it pretty much just told, did what it, you told it to do, uh, but kind of <laughs> but obviously for like a negative aspect to it. Um, another case study is that... Um, uh, so on YouTube and Facebook, uh, I don't know if people know or not, but like our whole, the whole comments and like sections, and those are all AI based as well. And everything's down to optimize views, right? So like, even with our podcast, when we post it online, the more views you get, or the more links you have, or the, uh, sorry, the more thumbs up or the more comments, it kind of puts it up to the top of the scroll. So what happens then though, in a scenario where people are writing horrible comments that are bigoted or racist or whatnot, right? So sometimes, because AI doesn't understand what racism is or bigotry is, you can kind of plan today, you can kind of create what's been done to kind of give it filters. But what if some guy comes up with some new term that's like racist or bigoted and stuff, yeah. AI won't figure it out, right? So like, uh, uh, it's funny because this the one, this researcher, she did this experiment with these kids where she was like, oh, 
um, these kids loved ice cream. Like all kids love ice cream. Humans love ice cream. So they asked these kids like, oh, what are some of your favorite like uh, adjectives or names for like how you describe ice cream? So people are like delicious, tasty, super, blah, blah, blah. It, I'm not getting the logic. I'm not getting the exact sequences right. But she took all those things and put it into a system to develop new ice cream flavors. And the computer didn't figure it out. So they like it started like having these flavors like smelly poop ice cream or like, <laughs> like, all these like weird names because it couldn't, it didn't understand what was happening. It just looked at words and names and did its best to put it together. So like, again, this goes to the fact that like, you really have to like input all the data and all the information and instructions and the AI will pretty much just kind of uh, take that and do the best it can and know from what it's programmed. It's not really going to like, you know, like, like, like yourself, like that self-driving car is never going to be like, oh, there's a bus there. There's a person there. Let me break. Let me open the door. Like, you know what I mean? Like where we can process like hundreds of thousands of ideas in minutes for them, it's, it's just singular. Right. But well, I was looking at some of the other scenarios and he, these are these are just discussions. You've seen the Amazon supermarkets who have no people. You just take up mm. stuff and you walk out like perfect. <laughs> you don't have to interact with anyone. I don't know. That's AI based too. Uh, um, uh, I don't know in the Netherlands if you have them. I don't think we have them here in Canada yet. But uh, uh, but what do you think about that? Do you think that's beneficial in any sense? Not having to talk to people and not having to well, do a transaction. Please. We pretty much already have that. I mean, there's no cashiers really. There's like one or two cashiers at the grocery stores nearby, but I never use it because it's slower and self-checkout. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, but it's not like the Amazon one where you just walk in and walk out and it feels like you're stealing something. Oh, very, uh, yeah. What do you think about like uh, AI in restaurants uh, and stuff? So like I was watching this doc and in China, they're really pushing for it. They had this restaurant which they put like 20 million dollars into and it's all ai like uh the manufacturing of food the serving of food uh supply chains payments there's some people no. around but uh but uh, no talking to human beings would you eat no. an ai based food ai cooked food? I, I would go for the novelty but i think that's one of those things it's a bit like music or yeah it's, it's like uh, art i think if you're a good cook you go there because you you know the chef you like you know the chef and so maybe in the future they'll be like uh the gordon ramsay programmed ai menu on something it'll like figure out but it's, it just loses the whole humanity of it right i yeah i totally think like oh i'm not coming to this restaurant because like like i'm going to this restaurant because of like the food and the quality and the chef not because like a5-345 is cooking my food you know what i mean like i don't mind the server serve like a robot server serving me food i think that's kind of cool yeah i think we talked about it before i mean i i i don't like the in your face uh server so that's that somehow exist on, on your side of the atlantic where they go hi my name is david and i'll be your server today and can i help you anything you just you know call me or anything yeah yeah um so i i'm perfectly happy with um some some uh, innovations on that front uh, yeah. so that's okay because like i don't i think one of the things like when we think of ai we think about like replacing everything in our world but i don't think that is necessarily the case because like you know uh, uh, from a business point of view, I understand AI can make things cheaper because you can replace the workforce and you don't, these people can work 20, these things can work 24 hours a day, no salary, like, you know what I mean? No health benefits, this and that, but human beings will still exist on this planet. Like, I mean, we still have a cycle here. I mean, if we replace everything with AI, what are we supposed to do as humans? Right. So, so I think they've always, that's always been like an argument for, for some time when there's technological innovations, you know, in the fifties, um, they would often say, oh, you know, what are housewives going to do? Because there's vacuum cleaners and microwaves and yeah. toasters and all these things that they had to spend ages on. And now what are they going to do? Well, um, yeah, every time there's a new innovation, people are terrified, but it just means that different jobs exist and different people find different ways to um, waste their time on, on different activities. What do you think about AI in medicine? Because here was a field actually I was a little bit more debatable in my mind because um, people are doing some really amazing things in the field of medicine with AI. Um, uh, they found that like they, I saw this really interesting thing where this company built uh, 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 this diagnostic tool that with AI that could figure out if you had Parkinson's or not based on the way you walked. And it was more accurate than, uh, it was quicker in, in diagnosing uh, Parkinson's to a very high degree as opposed to a doctor. Uh, another company, for example, 
had a radiology or radio, um, uh, what do you call it? A radiology. When the people who examine like chest x-rays and MRIs and CTs, they had like an app built or this AI built that could tell with more accuracy than a doctor at this point, if you had certain problems based on your, uh, based on your imaging, as opposed to a doctor. So, I mean, ethical, moral, I'm not sure, but it could help people, you know, in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for those kind of uh, innovations. Uh, that's only going to um, help the situation, uh, bring humanity forward and make them live forever and uh, so they can make everybody live to, live to 300. Would you, would you trust an AI robot to do a surgery on you as opposed to a human doctor, a human surgeon? I'd have to have a conversation with the AI beforehand just to be comfortable with it. And, like, uh, this is an interesting question to ask your dad as well, because your dad is an anesthesiologist. Like, what if, like, there were robot anesthesiologists or AI anesthesiologists and no need for human? I would still want a human touch because uh, one of the things I think that AI can never do is, like, be, uh, is our ability to, it's not reason, but, like, it's, uh, it's how in difficult scenarios or in, in comp unusual, irregular scenarios, how the human brain can adapt very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. so for example, like let's say like I spilt my coffee right now on my keyboard, like what would I do right now to fix the problem, right? My brain would go into like automatic mode, right? Within a minute, within a second, I'd be like, I need to get this keyboard clean because it'll get destroyed. Whereas an AI, it would be like, okay, I need to clean this keyboard, but would it know why it's cleaning the keyboard other than the fact that like, you know what I mean? Or like any scenario you're putting yourself into, like when you and I talk, I know to listen and then like uh, interpret what you say and then, you know, give an opinion or back and forth. Like, I'm wondering if AI can ever get to the point where it can just be completely the same as a human brain or is it always gonna be something that's programmable? Yeah, uh, what, what do you think like the, the pieces of the puzzle that are the hardest, uh, farthest out of reach for AI to tackle? I mean, um, to have a debate, I think could be yeah. something it, to uh, write, a, write, a, write a novel. That's always been something that people kind of say, oh, you know, monkeys and typewriters, so eventually <laughs> write Shakespeare, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the lack, well, I would say that like, their main thing is that it's a logic-based system, right? So I think one of the weaknesses of AI is that it could never feel emotion. And I think, I don't mean that in a goopy, sappy way, but what I mean is that as humans, a lot of, from, excuse me, for most of us, we're not 100% logical-based, right? Emotion also goes into how we feel. We love, we cry, we feel happy, we feel sad, and that kind of drives certain aspects. But an AI would never feel emotion, right? I don't think so. Um, it's gonna be weird a robot like feeling happy or something. Uh, um, I watched this movie the other day, and it's like I know there's no comparison on it, but it's it was Ryan Reynolds' movie, a Free Guy, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but in the game he's a video game character, but he's an AI based video game character, and eventually he starts like you don't have like uh, he doesn't know he's in a video game, but what he does is that he starts he starts growing in the game himself, so he's not programmable anymore he like just acts out like uh, in the game he'll start doing things like almost like a normal human being and he starts helping people it's like a grand theft auto type of game so everyone's just like blowing everyone's head off and like stealing and robbing banks but he decides Perfect. he doesn't want to do that he decides he wants to help the other characters so like let's take that storyline of uh, like to the side but the idea of self-regulation of self-growth and self-awareness i don't know if that'll really be the case like i don't think this idea that like the robots are going to take over is going to be is going to be like realistic what could happen i think is that like in the movies when you watch these robots like you know like robocop or like irobot or whatever it is you see this ai they become self-aware first and then they decide i don't want to be under someone's control i want to control myself and then they take over like i don't think that'll happen but i think could happen is like if we ever use like ai for security purposes <laughs> No, no, hold stick with me, stick with me, <laughs> stick with me, I'm not conspiracy. I think you'll agree too. I think what could happen is that like security-based AI could do what it's meant to do to a higher degree. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, if I don't think we could ever have self-aware AI, but I think what we could have is like, if a robot AI just started doing its job and it just went to an extreme level, right? Like if you had a robot walking up and down the street, it wouldn't be like, I'm doing this to protect myself. It'd just be like, my job is to shoot anything that moves. You know what I mean? And <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just in an extreme scenario. I think that could be a program. Like, the programming could be off. That's my problem. Mm. Like, it could be mm. an extreme. 
I'm worried about hackers, like yeah, hackers. in a self-driving car. And, that, uh, that goes to the same thing I'm, I'm giving to, right? If, some, if something got hacked, it wouldn't be that the robot became, or the AI became self-aware. It would just be programmed to do something else that it wasn't supposed to do. Mm. Right? Like that, isn't that like, isn't that a fear if, if it got into the wrong hands or whatever, that it would reprogram? Because as I said, like most AI just does what it tells you to do. Like even in the scenarios I told you, like the women's CV, right? It just did what it was told to do, but it just didn't understand what it was doing, right? So it was a mistake on the programming part or the Tesla driving. It did what it was supposed to do, but someone took it off the highway and put it onto a city driving. So if we were to follow that trend, AI would just do what you told it to do. But if it was in the wrong hands or it was told to do the wrong thing, then that's where problems would outlie, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The examples you've given are essentially all human error at the end of the day. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's been set in motion by someone who didn't factor something in. Totally. Um, so if we get to the point of singularity where these things start talking to each other and say, these guys are stupid, we're out, let's figure this out. We're that's out of it. here. Let's cut these guys out of here. They keep programming us wrong. Look, I, um, I ultimately uh, feel I'm pretty content in life and I don't really need self-regulating cars or CVs that mm -hmm. self, uh, like, can, like, you know, analyze or I don't need servers. I mean, they're cool. But like, I feel like there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this field. And I mean, a lot of kind of thinking it out. I totally understand the moral and ethical dilemmas behind this and the, and, the, and the need for it. But like, it's one of those things that I think with any technology is that it could be used for real good if it was really meant for it, right? It could really help human civilization. But on the other hand, like, I'm sure there's some, uh, like some people with some really uh, malignous, you know, intent as well, a way to make money, a way for control. Like some of those like I told you, some of those, uh, the startups in, in Silicon Valley probably don't have the best of intentions either. That's why they're hidden in the back in some like, you know, it's a warehouse in the back of nowhere. But I don't know, like it's, it's difficult. I think it's like, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a lot of things out there. They can be used for good or bad. I think one, one of them that comes to mind, which I tried looking into some time ago and I couldn't figure it out was Palantir Technologies. I don't oh, know if you've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, Peter yeah. Thiel uh, company. Yeah. And it's like, I think it was on like the Reddit list for a while, like as a meme stock and people thought I was going to make millions of dollars. But you go on the website, it's all like, we do machine learning algorithm and AI to help something, oh. governments and do things and it's essentially I think doing a lot of defense work and tracking of, of people but I'd be curious to see look under the hood and see like what a thing is actually doing because I I think one thing that should always be like based on every movie I've ever seen where the robots take over there should always be some type of easy kill switch like there should always a red be, button there always has to be a red button somewhere yeah, and it should be stop. like it should be like on someone's phone not in some like a skyscraper penthouse that's defended by the robots that you can't get there or like you know there's something that the robots destroy it should be like easily accessible and easily like if things go to the shit you just game over you know what i mean but like uh uh but yeah like it's, that's, it's like the death star in star wars you know there's that if you fire those two little laser beams into the the bit there so yeah when he went in yeah and... <laughs> yeah so something like that you know yeah, I always was astonished on a side note how cool the Death Star was that like this entire planet was just like this like this spaceship and I was like that's so cool like you know like that's such a cool idea. Uh, the way it went down was pretty simple like over overly simplistic but this is like 1970 you know and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah like I will obviously like I think there should be a choice in, with AI like do you want it or not want it it shouldn't be forced on you. I don't have Alexa in my house. Uh, I have Alexa on my smart tv on my tv sometimes i like ask it questions to trick it just to see what it'll say and, <laughs> yeah uh, but it's it's really weird like i really i'm not 100 percent comfortable with the idea that like things are becoming easier and like i know ai looks cool but like my privacy is really important i don't want things recorded you know i don't really care about like i don't think that the, like this 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 point of singularity or this ability for robots to take over is really a great concern but I just don't like the complete dependence on AI. I think as human beings, we should be able to do what we do. Just like, you know, for me, the Kindle really isn't that beneficial. I like old school books and like, I like breaking on my own and my car and I like going into a grocery store. I can see the conveniences, but I think there should be choice for people. What do you think? I think there should be choice, but at a certain point, uh, 
yeah, the choice is kind of thrust upon you or it exists around you and your, your choice is a little bit gone in a sense because you could be a pretty analog person with, you know, no smart watch or, or, you know, a super advanced iPhone, but you go to a party or someone's house and they have Alexa and they, they there you've given up all your rights because you're, you're, you start talking and uh, that, that thing's Jeff Bezos got to you. He's got all your information. He's talking to you. Like, you're, you're talking to him. I mean, um, by the time you get to him, he's in space or something already, right? He's, so like, he's not even here anymore. It's a, it, yeah, it's kind of a tough choice. You either totally unplug yourself from the world uh, or, or there's always a middle ground. Like I try and I'm not a early adopter of things. I'll be like the second or third in line. Um, but like, for example, I, I know my phone listens to me, yeah. but then I'm starting to resent. So I have this new iPhone and it's, I have an alarm in the morning because I, I don't like the morning very much. And now it doesn't just give me a, an alarm. It says, this is connected to your sleep app. Oh, so yeah. now it's tracking my sleep just yeah. because I have an alarm. All I want is this thing to buzz in the morning, but now it's, it's not that simple. So even simple things are being tracked because Apple wants to know everyone in the world's sleeping patterns. Yeah, um, well, they want to sell you so, something, right? Like uh, that'll be related to sleep. Yeah, I think that's, you know, something like Google is such a powerful company because it has, it's like the world's brain. Everyone types in their darkest like, thoughts or questions in there. Have you ever had it where on Google, you'll have the most obscure question or thought or search and then like it auto fills it in for you like it's it, like one in a billion like I've, I, I I think I sort of understand how it works it'll look at your like YouTube uh, and the searches and this and then it'll kind of put together a profile on you but sometimes I, there have been a couple instances not many where I've had the most unique question like I don't think anyone in the world would have had that question and I start, <laughs> I'd love to know I start typing it and it fills it in for me like one in a trillion like it's so weird and stuff like that, I don't like. I don't, because uh, then I'm like, I know that like it didn't guess. It clearly put together like uh, like my search patterns and my my, my movements and they kind of did that. You know, like I, I also don't like that they push products on you, but I mean, you're not forced to buy them. So that's fine, right? But like, I just don't like that it'll think before you think, you know what I mean? Like, that's my brain. My brain is me. <laughs> like, that's, like, I don't want anyone to think other than me, but. I don't know. It's incredible how, how far it's come because oh totally yeah, they're just trying to speed up the searches right so it's kind of get to you so like your search times are ultra fast what do you want or it already pops up there before you hit hit enter and do you do you uh, remember I remember I was in high school or in uni and like someone sent me a video about Google and this is when Google was in its like infancy it really wasn't what Google is now. And I remember people were like, this is what Google is going to do in like 10 years, 15 years and 20 years. And pretty much like that's what it's done, right? Like Google has gotten to a point where it like it has the most views through YouTube, the most searches. None of the other search engines even come close to Google, like, you know, Microsoft Bing or, yeah. or anything. It's wild because uh, I, I also remember um, when it first kind of came out, uh, I was in grade of... Uh, eight or seven or something like that. And someone, and we had, we had this like computer class and it was pretty lame, but we had to like learn how to turn on a computer and yeah. learn how to touch type. Uh, but then one guy was like, hey, check out Google. Cause yeah. everyone was using Yahoo, Excite, um, <laughs> AOL. There's so many different things out there. So Google, oh, totally. like Google wasn't the first, they just became the best. Yeah. And uh, they just taken it and uh, taken over. Um, so, no, I mean, I think Google's cool and they definitely have a place out there, but just the sheer amount of uh, absorption of, of the world's thoughts that they must have. I think I saw this thing a couple of years ago at the Google headquarters and it probably got taken down because it freaked everyone out, where it just shows you like a mind map of like the, world. the world's, like what people are searching around the world right now and just sort of constantly streaming through the, um, the Google headquarters. Yeah. I, I feel like it's so hard to not be connected. Like in this modern civilization, if you want anything, you have to be connected to it. But there's also a piece to disconnecting too, right? Like, uh, like not being, like living in the wilderness or wherever it is. And, and uh, I just, cause I totally think all that, whenever you sign up for an app or you go to a new website, there's always like a consent form that no one reads cause it's like 15,000 pages long. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Come I on, agree, I agree. <laughs> but like really like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think all that stuff is really, crazy and like even you know 
Netflix, Amazon Prime, iTunes, everything, everything just wants to learn about you so it can sell you more crap, right? And like just kind of under the disguise of making things easier. But I'm pretty content with how things are now, but I would definitely be a little bit more hesitant as my as my son grows up. Yeah, I think it's a huge challenge and it's strange. I mean, we, we grew up like we're a very interesting generation, yeah. uh, you and I, because we, we grew up half pre-internet as kids oh. and then internet started coming online. Uh, I don't know when we were, what age were we at? Uh, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. And we started doing chat and things like that. And then it just took over. It just took but over. Um, there was like, a, I think there was a really cool phase of uh, internet where it was before Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all these things yeah. had taken over yeah. <clears throat> because then people would actually go on websites and read things yeah, 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 yeah. and have attention spans. Yeah. And now it's all like, they've got you, you're in, you're in their world and oh. you can't get out of it. So you make hardly anybody reads a blog or totally. um, you're... goes on a separately... Yeah. Your analysis of, of, of that is amazing. I think you're, you got it right on the thing because up until 12 or 13, uh, uh, um, it was no computers, no internet, uh, maybe the computer in the computer lab or that big old chunk yeah. that your family, maybe they bought, you know, if they had mm -hmm. it, uh, no need for it. It was mostly books and playing outside and kind of hanging out and this and that. And then suddenly, you know, they're selling like computers for like $5,000 at like their like, yeah. the best buy or whatever was best buy was 25 years ago i remember my dad sure. bought a computer it was four thousand dollars dave and there was a piece of shit like that was the going price <laughs> and do you remember like it didn't do anything like you had solitaire and chess if you wanted to connect to the internet it was 14.4 kilobytes you had to tell everyone hey get off the phone i'm, I'm connecting on the internet. <laughs> yeah i hear that noise <laughs> and you had to do that thing and then when you connected there was no websites anyways and it took forever to load right and so you really had to work it. And you had two siblings and I had two siblings. We shared all of us. And it'd be like half an hour for my sister, half an hour for me to go to like NHL.com or something like that. <laughs> and then suddenly like this stuff starts popping up and it's instant and it's fast and it's accessible. I didn't have any telephones growing up. Like, you know, the telephone was the home phone. Now you can do like your whole world from this little device. It's, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think AI... I'm sure if we did a like a really in-depth research, I'm sure AI existed to certain degrees throughout our childhood. Maybe not like as prevalent as it now, but now I think AI is very prevalent. It's in everything. It's really in ingrained. And like we have less choice, right? Like if you're the kid who doesn't have the phone, you're the weirdo at home, you know, in school. Or if you're the kid who doesn't have internet at home, it's pretty much like child abuse, right? Like at this <laughs> like it's weird. It's a, it's a human right. But, a, yeah, I don't know. Like you talk about, there's like fridges with AI now, right? What? Um, it tells you when like, they, like it tells you, or even yeah. orders for you something. You can like, hey, you're running low on milk and eggs. We, we've done you the service of ordering you some. It's at your door now. Well, that's my thing. Is that, that's my argument? Is that like as cool as it is on the surface? Is it really needed? Like you know, to tell me like when I need eggs, like because I know when I need eggs. You know, like how convenient is it? Like I personally would not use that service. I don't know about somebody else. Uh, but for me, I don't need that. that. That's like, that's unnecessary AI for me. Tesla driving, self-driving cars, it's a little bit more important uh, for safety and gas efficiency, but I don't really need you to tell me when my yogurt's expired or when I need to buy milk because I do that. Like, that's just me personally. Yeah, I think we can't stop, uh, you know, technology and humans from trying to innovate and advance. It's always going to happen, but there's some things that are just like dead ends in terms of progress. I like... Yeah, thanks very much for the fridge thing. Um, I, I'll go figure out what I need. And you ordered me those eggs. I didn't want those eggs anyways, you stupid computer. When you kick your fridge, then your fridge is broken. Well, I think also like, uh, you know, uh, another thing, I think, so I was doing, uh, I'm thinking about an analysis in our house of like technologies that we use. And between, besides the internet and Netflix, the big one is Amazon, right? And like, if you really think about it, like and my sister's got Amazon Prime, so we get things delivered, you know, tomorrow. And like, it's very helpful when you need essential things. When I need an extra diaper, you know, a box of diapers or wipes for, for, ba for the baby, then it's here tomorrow. I don't have to go to the store. But if you really think about it, like, it's so weird that you can click any item in the world and it'll be shipped to you tomorrow. You know what I mean? Or this week, whereas opposed to like five, 10 years ago, you used to get in a car, go to a store, you know, build some rapport with the people, buy it and come home. The convenience of this crap is so strange and scary and now amazon will like 
they've updated their systems too. It'll suggest things. It'll let you know when prices have dropped. Sometimes you can, it can create systems where like, if you agree to it, it'll like keep ordering on a continuous basis at different intervals, right? And, it, and it's so clever the way it does it, it hides it too. So unless you deselect that option, theoretically you chose, you accepted the option of like continuous orders. And so you gotta be really careful. That's all I'm trying to say is that just know what you're doing generally and then keep an eye out and uh, just learn what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous uh, feat that Amazon ha has achieved, but there's also like the human toll that, uh, I don't know if you know anybody who's ever worked in an Amazon factory or anything like that. Like third world it's, br it's brutal. So I, I, I really hope they would manage to expand the innovation there. And, you know, eventually they're going to get rid of the humans and it'll just be like machines grabbing things and moving it around to then, because right now they're treating the humans like robots and that's, right. the, it's, it's disgusting. And the thing about Amazon is that like here in Canada, like they always have ads playing with like some bullshit, like story about how like the, some guy is making good money and like supporting his family, et cetera, et cetera. But like the reports that come out of like workers at Amazon during like the Christmas season, during regular years, during COVID drivers, I see like thousands of Amazon drivers in the city. Everyone's delivering something to someone like horrible business practices. And this guy, he's just some trillionaire like in space somewhere. And like, he's just making tons of money. And like, I think they treat their employees bad. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of like any tech-based company being good to their employees. <laughs> I think most tech-based companies are horrible. But like, uh, but yeah, Amazon especially. That's horrible. Yeah, I think some of them have, you know, a very interesting and innovative uh, workplaces where it's like they got a jungle gym and a slide or, or, or things like that. But yeah, they're all kind of there. So you never leave and, and see your family but ever again. Isn't it, isn't it so weird though? Because like, I'm not a tech guy. I was interested in tech for a while. And like, you know, I, just, I tried doing a startup once. And, you know, I told you the English one, it didn't work. And that's okay. That's life. But like these ideas are so amazing. At the, at the onset and like, the th but for some reason, at some point, everything goes south, right? And it's because of like money or power or control or data. Like Facebook is just like a horrible piece of shit. Like but I think it's just like destroying the world. But like I told, but the idea to socialize and make friends makes so much sense. But like at this point, it's just become this like conglomerate which just bought out everything. And like, wh where is it like Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook, like what's the next step? Like, where else is there to go, right? Like, I don't know. Like, all of it's just, it's weird. Like, Google, for example, like, at this point, I read that, like, you know, they've done everything they want to do. So now they're just, like, giving Wi-Fi to everyone in, like, San Francisco. And like, <laughs> now they're, like, sending, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just, what's the next step for most of these things? And AI seems to be the reasonable door that they're trying to go through. And they'll just probably integrate it into their their networks. Just like a couple of weeks ago when WhatsApp uh, when and wasn't working, at the same time, Instagram wasn't working and Facebook wasn't working because they were all controlled by the same company, right? So like the more they integrate together, the more control they have. And it's scary, I think, a little. Yeah, that was an interesting one where you realized, okay, they're, they clearly have them all plugged into the same thing. Yeah. I'm just speaking as a total um, tech dunce, but I, if they all three go down the same time, then that's telling me that they're not independent of each other at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's especially concerning, you know, WhatsApp, like WhatsApp is what is very big in Europe. I don't think it's as big in, in Canada, um, but- I don't think so, but in Asia, like, it's pretty big too. It's pretty big in rest of the world. Um, yeah. And like pretty much all my conversations happen on WhatsApp. And if that goes, then I can't communicate with the world. Like no one really calls anymore. So um, I wake up in the morning and I do work because of the time zones I work in and I work in the evenings. And that day I woke up and when I realized what was happening, it was just total radio silence for what, five hours, six hours, nothing happened. Yeah. No one wants to make telephone calls anymore because everyone's like, it's free on WhatsApp. <laughs> no one knows anybody's number. Yeah. No one knows anyone's number. So it is a very scary world out there. But I mean, they'll be like, listen, you you accepted our services and you're not paying for any of it. It's all free. So like, you know, why are you, who are you to complain, right? So yeah, it's interesting is like some of the most tech savvy people I know for like in different spheres of, of life, they don't have Facebook or Instagram yeah. or these things. And they're, you know, you often hear this thing, if, if you're, if you don't uh, pay for it, then, you know, yeah. 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 What's the, I, have a, I forgot the line. <laughs> for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I forget the line too, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is how they get you, you know, like if you're not paying for certain things then like really they're collecting your data. I mean, should they be, you know, should you be paying for it? Will it, will it like, if you're paying for it, does it mean they're not doing what they're doing if you're not paying for it? 
these are all these ethical and moral questions I think that people should be aware of and ask. I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong. I'm just saying that people should be aware. But bringing it back to the AI, I think this is sort of the same realm. Um, things will be more AI-based coming in the future and people should know, I mean, what's happening at least. And then uh, be prepared when the robots uprise. <laughs> we'll have that yes. Terminator. Uh, I, for one, greet our robot, robot overlords or whatever it is. <laughs> Another Simpsons line. But uh, thank you, Tosh. It's very interesting. I'll remember to keep my head up uh, on the street for any robots coming my way and carry a baseball bat with me at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for the heart or whatever the main frame is of the robot with the bat. It'll probably. Yeah, I don't know what the weak, what's the weak spot of a robot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, I hope you have a good day and get some studying in. And uh, yeah, we'll touch base soon. Thank you very much, Tosh. Over and out. Mm -hmm.